This is the MDT Podcast. A podcast for all healthcare professionals working with older adults. We are a multidisciplinary team educating about ageing. MDT. The MDT is brought to you by the Hearing Aid Podcast team. We focus on a different topic each week to work with you to enhance your knowledge to help you look after older people. Welcome to the MDT podcast, a new podcast for people looking after the healthcare of older people. And this is season one, episode one. I'm Dr. Ian Wilkinson, and I'm a consultant geriatrician in Surrey. And hi, I'm Joe Preston, and I am also a geriatrician. And yes, welcome. This is a new podcast made by the MDT for an MDT. And you can find more information of the things that we discuss in the show notes on our website. And this is what's coming up this week. We are going to be talking about the comprehensive geriatric assessment. We want you to be able to understand and to be able to define what it is and know that it's a patient-centred multidisciplinary process. To know what the components are, we're also going to talk through the role of CGA and the evidence that it has in managing older adults. We're going to talk about where you can use the CGA and when it's appropriate and understand the role of each member of your multidisciplinary team in delivering a comprehensive geriatric assessment. And here at the MDT, we've got a full MDT faculty backing us up and helping with the general content of everything we talk about. They keep us in check and they work really hard to make all of this happen. And we'd like to thank them dearly for all of their hard work in getting us this far. So each week, in addition to us two, there are two faculty members who we'll have worked with to develop the content of the show. So a big feature of these podcasts is for you to be involved. So we want to hear from you with your expertise, your experience of these topics. We want to hear back from you what you liked about the episodes, what you didn't, what you thought we got really right, what we didn't really get very right and suggestions for what we might do in the future. Now, this is the first show, so we don't have any shows for you to feedback on. So we're going to kick off with some feedback uh, that you've given us based on the trailer that we did. Now, we're going to do this every week and we really want you to contact us and let us know how we've done. So based on the trailer, we've had a few bits of feedback, haven't we, Jo? Yes, we've had uh, a few comments, mostly liking the blend of education and humour. That was from Katie Evans and that was her first ever tweet. So thank you. Thank you, Katie. Very proud of that. Also, Kathy Mungal Singh said she was MDT excited and on the edge of her seat for some yummy golden cake tidbits to take back to her own oh, MDT. Oh, that's appalling. Which links us in nicely to Dom Kavlan, who said, could the jokes get better, please? Oh, um, good. Yes, we'll yeah. try, Dom. Thank you. I mean, I think he's just jealous because he's an endocrinologist, but, yeah. you know. And on a more serious note, uh, Francis, who's actually a member of our faculty, noted that Ian had given a reference to some educational theory and communities of practice. And so we have put that reference up on Twitter and that will go in the show notes for this episode too. Yeah. And the show notes for each episode will be on our website, which is www.thehearingaidpodcast.org.uk. And you can also contact us on Twitter and we're at MDT underscore podcast or Facebook. And our page is facebook.com forward slash MDT podcast. So let us know at the end of this episode what you liked, uh, what you've learnt, uh, what you think could have been included. Any other references and things that you think that would have been useful to have in, let us know and we'll share them around. So this week we mentioned that we're going to be talking about the Comprehensive Geriatric Assessment, or CGA for short. As with each of these episodes, it's going to mean slightly different things to each member of the MDT. So what we have done is to go and find an MDT in our hospital and ask them each what this topic does mean to them. Hi, I'm Emma, occupational therapist. What I've heard about the comprehensive geriatric assessment from the doctors, um, I haven't actually heard about it before myself. However, um, I feel I do sort of incorporate it into my 
daily work. Um, I take into account all different aspects about my elderly patients, so their home environment, their physical mobility, sort of social history and things like that. So my name's David, I'm an EF2, Comprehensive Geriatric Assessment. I think it's really pretty much covering every base, isn't it, really? So checking, it's always typically things like checking hematinics, thyroid function, obviously seeing if they're anemic. I'm assuming that's what it is. Had you heard of it before I mentioned it? No. Hi, I'm April, one of the physios working on geriatric wards. <laughs> when I think of comprehensive geriatric assessments, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, about falls assessments, so making sure that you're having a look at how the patient is mobilising, looking at their balance and their balance outcome measures, um, maybe thinking about what medications they're on and whether that needs to be highlighted to the wider team. Also thinking about sensory impairments such as eyesight and hearing that might have an effect on how they're mobilising and their balance um, and generally their sort of muscle strength and how, how they're moving, whether or not they're using any walking aids and things like that. So I think what was quite evident from, from doing this and actually when I went round to talk to people about this, so not just the people I recorded but the blank looks on people's faces from other people that they hadn't actually heard of comprehensive geriatric assessment. That's yeah. what you found. I think you're right. It really, it, it always surprises me. But I wonder if it's that we just don't articulate it mm. quite enough, really. Because I think it, it's kind of something that we probably, most MTTs do to a certain mm. extent. Yeah, and I think it's something to do with people rotating through the departments, junior doctors, junior therapists, um, or junior nurses who are yeah. kind of on a rotational basis. But I think also it's, as you say, it's we don't really articulate what we're doing very well. It's more of a research term, I think. Um, and it's more of a process of care delivery rather than a specific tool or a specific yeah, or tick box, tick box yep. something that you, you're following or a quick test that you can do. So it's more of a description of a process. And I think that really comes out in, in yeah. these opinions. We'll talk through this, the different aspects of what a CGA mm. is a little bit later on. So starting with the definition, as we're going to start all of our shows with the definition, the definition simply is trying to make a diagnosis for older people and looking at them quite holistically. So there's a nice article by um, Ellis, who's written a lot of papers on this, and we'll we'll reference some of those in the show notes. And he describes it as a multidimensional, interdisciplinary diagnostic process, which is focused on determining a frail elderly person's medical, psychological and functional capability in order to develop a coordinated, integrated plan for treatment and long-term follow-up. Yeah, so it's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Snazzy. It's yeah, it's, it's to the point. It's, <laughs> it's like really, I, I think it's a holistic assessment of the patient, mm. and it's making a diagnosis where there is one to make, and looking at each of the individual components that make up really what we do as a multi-professional working, and trying to adapt each of those a little bit. Mm. And it does sound a bit wishy-washy, doesn't it? And kind of in, yeah. in the pressures of today's NHS, yeah. it feels like that's a kind of almost impossible task. But it's really not. And as you say, it's it's the kind of gold standard of geriatric care. And it's got a really solid evidence base. It has. And it's actually probably a lot of what we're doing on the wards, as you say, without realising it or just not calling it that. Yeah. And it fits really nicely with the forward visions of the NHS, the five-year forward plan and the transforming urgent and emergency care reports that have been out in the last year or so. Yeah. They're really focusing um, and describing what we are doing on geriatric units in this way, whether or not you call it CGA. Yeah. And one of the research studies looks at comparing CGA versus usual medical care. And so that's what you do in, in addition units, to... yeah. yeah to the acute medical problem that, that makes it a comprehensive geriatric assessment. Mm. In this, they sort of look at the multi-component interventions, and I think it's useful just up the front, really, just to 
to say Talk what, what, what they are. are yeah. yeah. So I think if we start off with physical symptoms, it's really about looking for pain, looking at continence, looking at sensory impairment, looking at the musculoskeletal problems, nutritional assessment and then also assessment of skin as well I think you know and so it's not just that physical problem that they've come in with it's exactly. all of that other stuff that's going to link in as well so in the mental health symptoms section you're looking really predominantly at things like mood and have they got any cognitive impairments is that new is it old is it impacting on what's going on right now or is it more of a background issue yeah. is it being treated can it be yeah. treated yeah what are their functional abilities? Um, what's their living environment like? How is, is that helping them to um, manage at home or not, as yeah. it may be at the moment? And what can we do to improve that? And I think it even goes then one step out, doesn't it? And looking at the social network that the patient's in yeah, and who've, who've they got to support them. Have they got carers? Have they got family around? Mm. What sort of support are they able to offer? Yeah. And that links into the discharge planning yeah. process and everything. And I think that's where we're saying that actually listening to that that's a lot of what happens on geriatric wards yes. already. So if we're not calling it that, I'm sure that if you go and look through all of the notes on your ward, you'll find each component of that has been mentioned somewhere. It will have been looked at by someone in the MDT somewhere, but it may not all be in the same yeah. place or accessible by the same people. That's really where the importance of the MDT meetings come yeah, in to kind of communicate and pull it all yeah. together. And that links really nicely into the uh, second article we're going to mention about comprehensive geriatric assessment which is a really nice article in the bmj looking at a meta-analysis of randomized trials so for those of you not used to reading research papers a meta-analysis is like a pulling together of lots and lots of studies to try and say well there's 15 studies or whatever looking at this particular Mm -hmm. problem overall what do they say so if they're quite small studies you can pull them all together and try and still pull some yeah exactly some useful yes. information from um, and the, the key thing that really came out of that article for me is that it's a team-based approach mm. it benefits patients and is cost effective actually and what you're saying there is it's the team-based approach that provides the benefits not yes. just performing each component in isolation yes you've got to do it all together yeah so from a practical point of view, for me, when I think about comprehensive geriatric assessment and when I do it and when I find it the most useful is in the, the really frail patients. It's not to say it isn't useful in other people and it is and we're going to talk about some of that later on. But for me personally, I find it it really helps to tailor the approach. So lots of people who are coming in with, with more of a non-specific presentation, yeah. I really find this is where it helps you to pull in because yeah. you're able to pick out small deficits and all of those accumulation of deficits, bringing together a management plan that you can bring together and say, okay, well, if we sort out their hearing, actually their mood improves and then they're more engaged with therapy yeah. and they're able to do more. That kind of links quite nicely with the definition of frailty as well. Yes, and the deficit accumulation model, yeah. which we will talk about at some point in the future. I think it it needs a whole episode. episode. We'll do it in the future. And I think it links also into some of the stuff that Dave Brailsford said. So he was the Olympic cycling coach for Team GB. And he took this sort of small gains idea to the absolute nth degree. And so the cycling team, you know, they have the same pillows, the same beds each night, so they get the same quality sleep. Each cyclist? Each cyclist. He teaches them to how to wash their hands. And so they say, you know, well, if they wash their hands correctly, maybe there's a chance they'll pick up one less cold in the year. If they pick up one less cold, that may mean they miss one less day training, which might make that 0.001 second difference in the Olympics, which is why we won all those gold medals in 2012 and why the Sky Cycling team keeps winning the Tour de France. More reasons to wash your hands. More reasons to wash your hands, yeah. But it's that accumulation of really small things that add up to make a big effect. 
Okay, so next we're going to look at the evidence for comprehensive geriatric assessment. Because as we say, it's, it is a process, it's a big process, and lots of different people working together to really understand why this is our gold standard, that it does have a solid evidence base. And in geriatrics, we don't always have very much evidence behind what we do, but this is something that we really do. And we know that performing comprehensive geriatric assessment on people while they're in hospital increases their likelihood of being alive or in their own home at 12 months. Yeah. And that comes from a load of studies, but most notably, I guess, the Cochrane Review, Mm. which pulls together quite a lot of studies, really, and Mm. uh, came out a couple of years ago, 2014 now. Mm. And yeah, says the number needed to treat is 17 patients to avoid one unnecessary death at six months. And 20 for institutionalisation, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's 25 at 12 months. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Keeping people alive and in their own homes. When you look at the number needed to treat there performing that compared to some drugs. Yes, yeah. really it's, it's really impressive. Isn't it? yeah. And I think it, it shows that CGA has a, a clear and significant improvement mm. in, let's say, the odds of a patient being alive or at mm. home. Uh, and something that you came across, through the process. And there's something that you came across when, when we were looking at this I hadn't quite realised before, is that actually lots of the trials are done on geriatric wards, but in the subgroup analysis, kind of looking at geriatric teams, so the teams going to the patients wherever mm. they are, rather than being in a geriatric ward and focused environment, the evidence isn't quite so good, is it? No, yeah. I mean, some of that is that the, the it's a subgroup analysis and that the some of the the numbers included in those bits of the studies are smaller. Okay. But no, it, it really seems to be it's the team-based approach on the unit, a bit like with... Stroke units, we know that stroke units work because they're dealing with the same group of patients day in, day out. Mm. And I think that that's probably why this works. And if you're on a, a safari round and you're trying to integrate with the therapists on one ward or trying to talk with the nurses on a different yeah. ward and the doctors on a different ward, it, it's intuitive to me that it doesn't work. Yeah. And actually, you need to be all together mm. um, in, in one place. Because there's a lot of move, isn't there, for CGA to be delivered outside of geriatric wards? Yes, yes. So... Um, in the emergency department is something that we're going to talk a little bit more about shortly because yeah. um, that's got quite an involving evidence base, but also moving into acute medical units, even moving out into the community. So yeah. seeing how much of comprehensive geriatric assessment we could be doing in the community, either preemptively or once or they've been recognised to be yeah. frail. Yeah. So let's touch on A&E uh, mm. and the emergency department. Simon Conroy is quite important in this, um, yeah. who's the guy up in Leicester who really came up with the idea or or has published a lot on the idea of interface geriatrics and that's the interface between community Mm -hmm. and the hospital so they've done some nice controlled evaluations of doing a comprehensive geriatric assessment in the emergency department Um, so taking it as you said exactly out of the ward environment and doing that process elsewhere and they showed that in the time they were looking at it, the actual the number of people that came to the A&E increased, so their department got busier. But actually, the percentage of patients being referred into hospital got less. Um, they dropped it from 69% to 61% in the eighty-five over 85 age group, which is good. Pretty good, isn't it? And importantly, the readmission rate in those group of patients also reduced from 26% down to just under 20%. Because they weren't discharging the wrong people and getting them back again. Correct. The knock-on of that, though, is that the uh, length of stay for those patients that were admitted went up slightly. Mm. But that makes sense, but doesn't that makes it? Sense. Because you're picking the right people that really do need to yes. be in hospital and can't exactly. be managed elsewhere. Exactly. So that's something yeah. you would expect. I guess if the overall numbers are less, the total bed days... Is, is exactly, yeah. And so their conclusion is that it's possible to embed the comprehensive geriatric assessment within emergency departments. Mm. But 
units doing that just need to be aware that the length of stay may increase. And again, we'll put that reference in the show notes. And But again, that's interesting, isn't it? Because it's an environmental element coming in. So you're a geriatric ward or you're a focused ED department that are working within a team there. Yes. You're yes. not moving around lots of different teams and changing all the time. And I just want to mention one other study. That's the DEED study which is looking at those patients that are discharged from the emergency department, mm-hmm. so those that never come into contact with a geriatrician, and looking at those as a, sort of as a marker of frailty in using the fact that they've been to the emergency department as a flag to then prompt further, prompt review. further review. Okay. And so in that study, they took patients who'd been to an emergency department and then afterwards took those that are 75 and older and did a CGA. And their conclusion is that, you know, older patients over 75 that come into an emergency department should be referred for a CGA after that visit. And I guess that may then fit into other frailty identifiers or other geriatric syndromes presenting to any healthcare professional. And I think that's what Fit for Frailty was all about, really, was identifying to to GPs, to district nurses, to paramedics, to anyone who might be coming into contact with um, people who are potentially becoming more frail in the community to prompt CGA and how that can be delivered to them. Do you, want to just, you mentioned Fit for Frailty. Mm. Do you want to just say what that is? So Fit for Frailty is some guidance that the British Geriatric Society wrote specifically for the community, uh, for people who are non-geriatricians who are coming into contact with older adults to introduce the concept of frailty and that it's not futile, that there are things that we can do to optimise people um, who are showing signs of frailty to support them living at home, to optimise them, to give them rehabilitation and to provide essentially a yeah. comprehensive geriatric assessment. So that's what that was all about. There were two parts. The first was a kind of identifying documents and the second is a bit more about commissioning and how that might yeah, all brilliant. practically work. And you can get them on the BGS website. And also while we're on the BGS website, the Silver Book is there, which is an excellent resource for doctors. In acute care. In acute care, looking at how to treat acute problems in, in elderly patients. It's brilliant. Is it just for doctors? It's not just for doctors, no, but it's... I guess it's written with doctors in mind, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a good starting it's point good starting for, point. for yeah. acute care. Yeah, I don't know of any others that are written. No. So I think that about wraps up the comprehensive mm. geriatric assessment. So we didn't talk through each of the, the components of the CGA no. um, very much, but that's kind of what this series is about. We're probably going to touch on most of the elements of this yeah. during the series. There'll be an episode on each one, pretty much. Yeah, so that's why we haven't gone into each one in detail, because that would make it a very, very long episode indeed. So just to recap, we've looked at uh, CGA being a multidisciplinary, multi-component intervention, which is patient-focused and requires input from lots of different people to achieve the right goals for that person, identify everything that they need and put together a proactive plan. We've looked at the fact that it's an evidence-based intervention. Very evidence-based. Very evidence-based and the references will be there. And we've looked at the fact that it requires, as you said, a truly multidisciplinary input. Well, it really demonstrates that there are small gains can really add up to a potentially large benefit uh, for, for patients. Yeah. Now, all of the references that we've talked about today, as we've mentioned, are going to go onto the website, www.thehearingaidpodcasts.org.uk. Um, show notes for each episode will be there. also be available on social media. Yeah, and please uh, let us know what you think about this episode. Um, send us a tweet at mdt underscore podcast, and that's T spelt T-E-A. You can email us from our website or you can write a post on our Facebook page, yep. which is forward slash MDT podcast. The MDT podcast. So it's the time of the week for our quiz. 
MD Teasers. It's great, isn't it? Um, so, this is a catchily titled game, and it's really the MDT item guessing game. So, each week, we will read a series of increasingly more simple clues for an item that a member of our MDT may use. And we're going to take it in turns to try and guess. And we've got a scoreboard here, and... There's five points for... For the first clue... Four points for the second. Oh, okay, I hadn't realised that. Okay. You more hadn't realised that. More is at stake now. Okay. We have talked yeah. about this. Yes. It's more is at stake. <laughs> yes. And so I'm going to go first this week. So, Joe, I'm going to read you a clue. And if you get it on the first clue, you get five points. Second clue, four points. Okay. Third clue, three points. Fourth clue, two points. And if you need the fifth clue, only one point. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, go for, for five points, this item had its first US patent in 1953 by a Mr. William Cribbs Robb of Stretford in England. I have no idea. Next clue. You have please. no idea. Okay. The next clue. For four points. The first variety of this item to represent what we use now was made only in the 1970s in the US. Wheelchair? No, good guess, but no. So for three points, the US company whose name has led to this These device... These too hard. No, his name has led to this device, has their HQ in Warsaw, Indiana. And they also make joint replacement items. I'm going to look at you blankly again and ask for another clue. OK, so there are wheeled and non-wheeled versions of this item. Zimmer frame. Yay! I was going to say Two that before. But you didn't. I know. Okay, now it's my turn. Um, Bring my, it on. <laughs> my clues are less geography-based. Okay. But hopefully equally as deceptive. So, for five points, this is a piece of equipment that is used in the upper half of the body. Ooh. Is it a sling? Nope. So, for four points, this can be used by... Any patient or staff member. Upper half of the body. Any patient or staff member. Is yep. it a pair of gloves? It is not. The three points? They're usually black, but they don't need to be. Ooh. <laughs> usually black thing. Patients or staff. Upper limb. Upper half of body. Upper half of body. Upper half of body. And it's not a sling. It is not a sling. It's not one of those black fiberglass. Um, no. Mm. A black fiberglass. Felt. Sling? Felt. It's one of those. Felt. The, you know the, the oh, sort of velcro okay. felty. Yeah, yeah. You know. All right. No, this is this is things. more geriatric specific. More geriatric specific. Gonna have to put pass. Don't know. Okay. For two points, uh, this might help keep delirium at bay by reducing their sensory impairment. Is it a pair of sunglasses? Are you insane? <laughs> Talk me through that. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. For one point, this is my favourite clue. It's basically a portable karaoke kit. Oh, it's a, um, a hearing amplifier. Yes. Speech amplifier thing. Commonly called a communicade. Oh, a communicade. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Boo. <laughs> Don't ever give you the one point for that. You were pretty close. Yeah, I get one point for that. Okay, one yeah. point. Fine. So now it's your turn. We have got one for you. We have an item. We're going to give you one clue each week. 
We want you to tweet us with your answers using the hashtag MDTeasers and we'll give a prize to the first person who gets it right. I'm not going to lie to you. The clues are going to start difficult. And stay difficult. We and, don't have many prizes. And as a clue, Ian wrote them. So <laughs> do you want to take it away? Okay. So this week's clue, written by me, is that this item was first made in Japan and the current version has been in use since 2003. That's so. it. This item was first made in Japan and the current version has been used since 2003. Write in, let us know, hashtag MDTeasers. So that's been episode one. Let us know what you think. What did you like? What was missing? What did you want to hear more of? And just what are your opinions on yeah. that? So get in touch. The website is hearingaidpodcasts.org.uk forward slash MDT. Or you can tweet us at mdt underscore podcast or you can email us at mdt.podcast at gmail.com and in each of those this is mdt education on aging so it's mdtea like a cup of tea indeed thanks for listening and the mdt will reconvene in two weeks time with a new episode dr wilkinson has previously received funding from astellas and ucb pharmaceuticals for delivering educational activities The MDT Podcast is a Hearing Aid Podcast's Big Things Media production. Additional music by Kevin McLeod. This podcast has been made possible from a technology-enhanced learning grant from Health Education England, spreading education throughout Kent, Surrey and Sussex. For more information, visit thehearingaidpodcasts.org.uk.